I love Sower LA. Sower LA is at Holy Name of Jesus Catholic Church, 1955 West Jefferson, in the heart of Los Angeles, where brothers and sisters come from all around Los Angeles. They come just as they are. We pray in the presence of the Santissimo and receive our healing and our blessings. We share our testimonies. And God is providing miracles after miracles. We're setting the captives free, saving souls for Jesus. I'm Deacon Doug Johnson, Holy Name of Jesus. Don't forget, we meet every Thursday from 7.30 to 9.30. May Almighty God bless each and every one of you real good. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tonight we have a very special guest. Um, he has written two books, I believe, so you can look it up on Amazon um, if you want to get a copy of his books. But tonight he is going to be speaking precisely on that. We are all created for a much greater, bigger purpose. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you guys to the Sower LA family and all the Sower ministry family, Joey Ibarra. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Joey. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Um, I, I always get so excited about this about this topic. And the only reason why is because I was just so lost throughout my whole life through ever since I was a little kid. And this brought so much value to me as being of seeing who, how God saw me. And that was very important. That was a very important transition in my life. And Daniela, thank you so much for your testimony. It, it definitely hurt me. I mean, it not hurt me, but it it definitely it touched my heart because it was super raw and it was true. It's definitely something that's true from the heart. And there's nothing greater than to be loved and to love. And I think that's where God calls us in. It's like, I created you for with free will, but to love, to love me, to have this relationship with me. And just to share a little bit about who Joey is. And I get asked a lot, I was like, dude, how come you're always happy? And I was like, well, I don't know. I just kind of, you know, walk in life, you know, with this great desire in my heart to, to share the gifts and talents that God has given me and share them with others. Even through my bad times, through the bad days, you know, I still try to smile because I know that is not the end of the journey. I know that's not the end of that bad day. I know it's just the beginning of something better and greater. It's just a transition of forming me to something better, to become a better relationship with God and to become more aware of where he's taking me to and walking with me. And Joey is this guy, you know, this guy that, you know, grew up Catholic, went to Catholic school all his life, pretty much from kindergarten to high school. But through this process, when I, even when I was a little kid, I just was so insecure because I began to compare myself to others. I wanted to be what everybody else wanted to be, but not who Joy was. And this whole thing began and transitioned to my adulthood until after high school. And it affected me very well, like it affected me greatly because I began to seek who Joy was in others and what everybody else was doing and through the eyes of the world. I wasn't looking through the eyes of God. I wasn't looking through the heart. And that is where 
I got lost. Because I was looking for my mission. I was looking for what was making me happy through somewhere else. It came to a point in my life, even uh, during high school, you know, everybody is like, hey, you know, okay, what are you going to do after high school? And I was like, "Uh, I don't know, want to be a firefighter. But that's just because one of my friends said that he wanted to be a firefighter. And it sounded cool. You know, it's just, I was like, yeah, firefighter. I even put it on my theme for the, for the high school, like the, <laughs> on the pamphlet for the graduation. But in reality, I didn't know who I wanted, like what I wanted to do. I just wanted to get married, have my, like with my girlfriend, have kids, have a, you know, uh, what's it called? Have a job and that's it. But that wasn't the story. That wasn't the story to be written. That wasn't God's purpose for me. That was Joey's purpose. That was Joey's purpose that didn't include God. I was trying to do everything the way Joey wanted to do it. Without including the person that created me. And that was the equation that I was missing. I was missing God part of my equation of preparing and planning what I wanted to do. And my desires and my plans. And what I thought I desired. But there is a big part of it that was missing. There came a time in my life, I think it was probably like eight years ago. I thought I was going to marry this girl. Like, you know, <laughs> it was just more of emotion based. You know, I was in this relationship, but we broke up and I just hit depression like, like no other. But through this depression, I didn't know where it was going. You know, I would pray. I wouldn't go to church, but I was just kind of seeking, okay, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like, I was in denial, kind of like Daniela said, like I was in denial, like of what, what to do, you know, who to trust. So I was in depression for like two or three years. Little by little did I know, like, um, you know, I would pray every night, but I wouldn't go to church. But little by little did I know, like I, you know, I would just ask God, like, you know, there's times I would say like, I'm tired of this depression. I'm tired of feeling lonely. I'm tired of feeling the way I do help me. And it all began when one of my friends I, I used to serve ministry with back in like after high school, he was getting ordained as a priest. And he's, you know, they, my, my cousin told me, it's like, hey, he's getting ordained. You know, let's go see his first mass. And that was Father Jesse Esqueda with the Oblates of Mary Macklet. So we went to go, you know, we went to go, uh, you know, celebrate his first mass with him. And after I was like, you know, I wanted to go say hi to him. And I said, hey, you know what? I have this, I don't know what it is, but I have this great desire to liberate people. I don't know where this is coming from, but I just have this desire. This, this thing that just kind of brings upon me every time I pray. He goes, look, let's get in touch. We'll talk about it and we'll see where this takes us to. And that was the beginning of a whole new story. So even though I felt so stripped of everything, my emotions, my feelings of who joy was, there was a new story beginning, a new story written through this difficult time that I was passing and going through. Something new was being birthed, something that was true, something that God was part of the equation now. It was no longer Joey. It was no longer just the desires of Joey. Now God was part of this equation of discernment, of my purpose of what I wanted to really, what I really truly felt in the depths of my heart. 
So we got together and we started discerning. We started talking and he became my spiritual guide. And up to this point, he's still my spiritual guide. And he told me, he's like, hey, you know what? I think you have this desire to be a priest. And I was like, no, you know what? That's not for me. I want to get married. I want to get married. That's what I wanted to do. And it kept going, you know. I think I still owe them money from all the come and sees that they flew me out to. <laughs> Don't let them know. <laughs> I think they were probably tired of me. I think, you know what? At the at the end of the disturbance of the come and sees, I felt like I was in charge because I kind of like knew the whole skit, you know. <laughs> but it was very important. But it it was an experience. And I was glad and I'm grateful for those experiences because of the people that I met. And just to be able to discern with people that were discerning with God. And it came to one point. He told me, Joey, just think about it. If you get married, even if you get married, you're still going to have to leave your family. If you want to become a priest or you discern a priest, you still have to leave your family. But regardless of what you do, you're going to be doing a greater purpose. Even if it's through family, through, uh, you know, through priesthood, through whatever it is. And he told me this that really sunk and just like, just hit me. We're, we were like, we were eating, uh, we we're having lunch. And he said, Joey, God has created you for a greater purpose. But you have to believe it yourself in order to really be true. At that point, I remember I went home. I was driving back home and I was like, I started, it just started sinking in me. And I was like, there's something true about what he said. I don't know what it is or where it's taking me to. But there's something true about this. You know, so time went by and he's like, look, you got to make the decision. You're not getting younger. You're getting, you know, but you got to make this decision for yourself. So I said, you know what? Okay. You know, I put my application in. Whatever happens, happens. If it's God's will, God's will. That was my, my mentality at that point. So he said, okay, you know, let's go through the process. I said, okay, whatever, whatever happens, you know, I'm going to apply. So I prayed and I discerned. I was like, God, whatever is your will, I'll do it. And I don't know what it was. Because I just felt like through the whole process that God was telling me, go take this opportunity for yourself. Allow yourself this opportunity to find yourself. To find who you are. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go. Whatever happens, happens. If it's God's will, it's God's will. If not, it was experience. I went to the seminary for six months. But through those six months, I was really able to discern something more profound that it was like Jesus. He, you know, Jesus had to go to the mountain to go pray, to get away from the crowds and the, you know, all the people. So it allowed me this time to develop, to discern, to see who God was, who God created me to be. And through this experience, I was able to really know more of myself. Because for so many years, I didn't even know who Joey was. I just knew the Joey that was based off what everybody else wanted to be. So it allowed me this, this, this desire to help others. And through this discernment, I began to think, okay, who is Joey? And I began to ask myself, like, okay, who is Joey now? And I was like, okay, Joey loves music. Joey loves to laugh. He, makes, he likes to make uh, jokes. He loves to serve ministry to help young adults. 
you know, so they won't feel lost like the way I did when I was younger. So they could be happy and become better people in this world and to build other leaders in this world to help others become better people. And I began to discern and realize, okay, who is Joey? And I began to identify these traits and who I was, who I thought I was. And I began to think to myself, who was Joey when he was a young kid? What did he like to do? What did he enjoy to do? And I was like, okay, you know, I, I love music. I used to love, you know, hanging out with friends. I used to love drawing. You know, I, 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 I don't know. There's just so many things. And I began to ask myself even more depth. Why would people approach Joey when he was young? And I began to identify and realize that people would come to me when I was even in grade school to ask for advice, to speak to, to listen, you know, for I could listen to them. And I said, okay, what is still true to this point in my life? And I began to identify that to this point in my life, I still find myself that that's true, that people, you know, approach me to, you know, to be able to walk with them, to help them, you know, for guidance, for, for whatever it is. And I began to realize, okay, I love to serve. I love to help others. And I began to identify these traits. And that was a very turning point in my life. Because I didn't know who Joey was. And I began to realize who Joey was. And I began to ask God, help me to see myself through your eyes. Help me to love myself like you love me. And that changed my whole perspective. I was no longer lingering through this world to, you know, to just catch love here and there or be liked or wanted because it didn't really matter. All that mattered was my relationship with God. Because I knew since he created me, he knew me better than who I was or who I am. And he knows these skills and talents that he has for me will great will serve for a greater purpose, not only in my life, but in the life of others. And it's challenging. It's not easy. It's not, you know, something that you could say you wake up one day and you're like, oh, I already know what I'm going to do. No, it's a process. But just like Danielle had mentioned, through this process, even if it's hurt, even if it's joy, whatever it is, it's a learning process that this book is being written but it's not the end of the book. It's a story that you're telling that's building you up. That you may share your testimony, that you may share your gifts and talents with others. Whatever you're going through right now, if you feel lost, if you, if you feel like you just don't know where to start, consider this just the beginning. But I think prayer is the foundation of where it starts. Prayer is not just hope. It's not just this communication. It's an action that you're taking that you know that God is listening. This communication of friendship, a relationship that you're seeking with him. This desire, this longing that you know that you've been wanting and looking for all your life. And it's very important where you start. Start with prayer. 
and the sermon, the sermon, you know, it's not like a one-way thing. It's not like, okay, I already know what I want to do or what I want to be. No, the sermon is an everyday process. We process this every day. And just to kind of share just very briefly on, on the sermon, because a purpose, when I was coming back from, from Buffalo, when, that's when we were in the seminary, I was coming back for Christmas break. I was leaving on a Saturday. It was a Friday night. We had our Christmas party. And I remember I went back to my room to go prepare my stuff, you know, package like all my stuff and prepare for the next day. My flight was five five hours long from Buffalo to LA, uh, to Vegas and then Vegas to LAX. I said, God, I have five hours. If anybody needs a year to listen, I'm available. So I remember that night I went to sleep late that night. So when I woke up, everything had changed. My thought process had changed. I said, you know what? I'm tired. As soon as I get to the plane, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to put on my headphones, listen to a podcast and sleep. So my whole purpose had changed from day night, like from day night. I remember I entered the, the cabin of the airplane and I'm just scoping out like where I'm going to sit. I love sitting by the aisle. Gives me more space. So I see this girl, you know, this girl that's sitting by herself and she's cute. And I was like, okay, perfect. I'm going to go sit right there. So I'm approaching this, you know, this seat, this section where I wanted to sit. But something told me like, no, don't, this is not your place. So I just, okay, okay, you know what? I'm just going to move forward. So I, I don't know, something just kind of popped up and I just, you know, there's a gentleman by, by the window. And I just sat there and I said, you know, hey, how are you? He said, hey, how are you? And they said, you know what? The, the, the flight attendant, she came on, on the, on the, on the, what's it called? On the microphone, she said, it's a full flight. Get whatever you see you could get. It's a full flight. There's no seats available. So me and the guy just kind of see each other and we're like, okay, well, you know, just prepare ourselves for somebody to sit in the middle. So everybody sitting down in the in the plane, you know, they say the all the rules and regulations. So we're sitting. I said, cool. I'm going to get my headphones out. I start putting one headphone on. And as soon as I start putting the second headphone on, the gentleman that's sitting next to me, he tells me, man, don't you just hate when people don't want to talk? <laughs> they just want to listen to music. And I just said, what? <laughs> I said, yeah, you know what? Nobody wants to talk. Everybody's just kind of isolated now. They just kind of want to rest and stuff. So I left one earphone hoping that he was not going to talk anymore. And he said, oh, where are you? You know, you know, what's your name? Where you come from? So I take it off and I put it back in my pocket. I was so tired. I said, I hope this conversation is short and sweet. He begins to speak to me. You know, he's like, he's like, what's your purpose? You know, why, why are you coming from Buffalo to LA? I was like, well, you know, I'm originally from LA, but I'm, you know, I'm with the Oblates of Mary Immaculate at their seminary here in Buffalo. He goes, oh, cool. You're Catholic. He's like, I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, I'm Italian. I'm Catholic too. I'm a, you know, I praise a rosary every day. And he began to share this story with me. He said, this is my first time coming out of my home after my wife has passed away from three months ago. He said, I was so depressed. I didn't know what to do with my life. I just didn't know what to do. She, he said, she was my life. She was my partner. I didn't know what to do. And this guy, I didn't, real, I didn't even know. 
And to the end, you know, like that he was a famous artist. But for five hours, he was speaking his story with me of how he was asking God what his purpose was. Now that his wife had passed away. I remember he began to tell me, he, and he asked me one time, like maybe like 30 minutes into it, he said, what do you think my purpose is? And I said, oh, I don't know. You know, just continue doing the same thing. I just trying to cut him short because I was tired. He said, no, you're not listening. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I said, God, give me the, you know, give me the peace and the patience to listen and to be awake. So I listened, you know, I, I, li I truly listened to his story. And he said, you know what? I felt so lonely. I love, you know, sharing. I love sharing, uh, you know, with my wife. We would go to restaurants and people would pass by. I would invite people, their families to go sit with us and eat. I would love to go to the park. I would love to go paint. He said, but now that she's gone, I don't know my purpose. And he said, I just been asking God for this. And I said, you know what? Don't change anything. If that makes you happy, if that makes you happy and that's what you truly enjoyed when your wife was around, continue doing it. Because this is what makes you truly happy to share with others. Share with others what you, what you enjoy, to be, like to be family, to share your paintings, whatever it is. Don't change anything. Continue doing it. And this was already like in the fourth hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> I wasn't counting. <laughs> but the lady on the on the mic, she said, we're almost landing. And I said, okay, great. <laughs> but he said, you know what? He began to cry. He said, thank you. Because I kept asking God for this response. And little did I know, you know what I mean? It's like, I was just so tired that I forgot that I even asked, I told God, I was like, hey, I got five hours tomorrow. I got, I'll listen to anybody who wants to speak. But somebody was waiting. Somebody was waiting for somebody to listen to. Somebody was waiting for a response. Little did I know. I was just so tired. But there was a purpose behind this, this conversation. There was a purpose behind this interaction. And then the gentleman tells me, he goes, look, because the whole flight was full. Nobody was sitting. We were probably the only seats that didn't have nobody in between us. He said, you know what? I don't believe God is just in the heavens. I know he's here present within us. And that was just definitely true. That was that seat that was empty, but not empty. It's definitely God was present. There was a purpose for me to sit there and a purpose for him to sit there as well. Just like my friend, when this interaction with my, my spiritual guide, and he told me, he's like, you were, God created you for a greater purpose. The same thing happened when I was on that seat on the airplane. We're seeking responses. We're seeking for answers. Sometimes we're just so busy or into ourselves that we miss the signs or we miss these responses. It's when you allow yourself 
a time for yourself, for God, to really be embraced by him, things begin to change. Things begin to look different. And I, I'm just so amazed because I begin to think the first organ that's created in a womb is a heart. And the heart gives life to everything else. Without the heart, nothing else lives. But there's just so much truth to the heart because that is the foundation of a person. And I kept reading this book. And I'll show it to you guys because this book really transformed my life. And it's called, I don't know if you guys can see it, What Do You Really Want? And I was reading this because I was taking some St. Ignatius discernment courses. I remember reading this part where it just kind of like just blew me away. It said, where your heart, in the depths of your heart, where your deepest desires set, also God's desire sets there for you. And I began to ask, let, I just, I don't know, I just began to ask God, let my desire be your desire and let your desire be my desire. Because I want to work in this team to become a greater person. I want to become, I want to work in a team with you to share the talents and the skills that you have given me. Because I was just so lost before and I know I couldn't do it by myself. I already experienced that, and I don't want to go back. But I want to begin this journey with you. This journey with you, because I know since you created me, you know me better for who I am. You know my weaknesses. You know everything. And I started looking inwards at my deepest desires, and I started praying on them. What is true about these deepest desires? And that's where it started flourishing. Because I was meeting God at the depths of my heart. Not just on the surface anymore. But more on the depths of my heart. God and I were meeting where the truth sets. And I love this, this verse where it says, Luke and 1234 for where your treasure is there your heart will be also see only you and god have this key to this treasure that sets in your heart only you and god can really unfold and unlock this treasure that god has given you not us we could walk with you we could guide you we could cheer you on, but only you and God hold this treasure in the depths of your heart. And only you will know what it is and discern and discover what that is. So when I get back, you know, with, with this guy before we left, right before we exited the plane, he said, I would have never thought in a million years that this would have happened because I asked God for so much. I got asked God every day, but I prayed and I prayed the rosary. 
but I'm glad it happened today. And think about yourself as that today for you. This new beginning, this new beginning that God has created for you, this opportunity that he has allowed you to take upon yourself, to just drive in, to dive in and discern inwards and stop looking outwards. Because there's a lot of truth that if the guy, if, you know, if this guy would have probably sat somewhere else, maybe I would have never sat there. But there's just a lot of truth to prayer and how it meets us there. That when one person is with God, the other person is with God, we will definitely meet with God. And God was centered in that moment. God was centered in this conversation. Allow yourself this moment, whatever you may be feeling now. Even if you already know your career or your purpose, don't let it stop there. Let it be the beginning of something greater. I remember when, you know, when I first came back to the, you know, to the young adult ministry and I started discerning, you know, this guy told me he was, he was a preacher and I was like, man, I want to be a preacher. I didn't know where to begin. I was like, you know, I just wanted to be a preacher. I was, <laughs> That's what I wanted to be. But he said, like, the process was so long. It took a process. And I said, you know what? I don't want to be just a preacher. I just want to be, I want it to be part of my mission. Because I don't want to limit the skills and the talents that God has given me in just one thing. I want it to be really, to be able to really explore it, to really embrace it, to really share it. And it just started beginning like just so much, just so much that that God was really revealing through the prayer, through the through the people that I was meeting, through the through everything. So don't be fooled, don't be convinced by whatever the world is telling you who you are. Because they're not they're not the people who give you life. They're not the people that sit in the depths of your heart. Today is a day that is a beginning to begin something new, to begin a new story, a new story of yourself, to begin this relationship with God, to begin this discernment that you're looking inwards because you know that God has created you for a greater purpose. God does not make mistakes. God does not make people just to make them. He makes it with a purpose. And it says that God thought of you and created you. And it was good. When we believe this, that God has a purpose for us. There's no doubt that you won't even imagine where God would take you. I would have never imagined to be I mean, it's not just even about preaching, but it's about this relationship that I have with God. And it's not perfect, but it's building. I'm learning. I'm growing. It's a process that we continue to build into the last day of our life, into our last breath. But what greater theme, knowing that you could use your skills, the talents that God has given you, to help others 
to help others to become better people, to help others to save them from whatever they're doing that this that's probably harming themselves and harming others. There is so much truth that you were once saved. Imagine yourself who you were before and who you are now. How long and how far you've came. God could definitely transform and work through you to help others in the same manner. And it's just before, I mean, <laughs> before we transition definitely to, you know, to Alter Carl. Just take your time. Just close your eyes. If you're there, close your eyes. Just take a deep breath. And allow yourself, just put your hands over your heart. Listen to that heart that's beating, that's giving you life. That's so much truth of love where God sets and is just present there. Allow yourself to listen to what your heart is saying. Embrace it. Because it's no longer what the world is saying, but it's now what God is saying. Of who you are to Him. Of how He sees you. Of how He loves you. And that He definitely has a great purpose for you. To help others. And to share your gifts and your talents with others. And I ask you, brothers and sisters... Take this time. Allow yourself to come forward in this altar call. Allow yourself to embrace yourself by God. Whatever you may feel, whatever you may be dealing with at this moment, you may feel lost, don't know where to start. This whole epidemic just kind of just messed people up. It's like, what is my purpose? Don't ask us. Ask God. We will intercede for you. We will pray for you. And we will walk with you there. Because the promised land is there. God is our promised land. And he's going to take us and walk us with it. Embrace yourself with friends that are, will help you get closer to God, not away from God. And this, brothers and sisters, I hand it off to, to Rosa. Thank you so much, Joey. Um... And just continuing in that transparency um, and that spirit, uh, we would like to ask each and every single one of you um, who is watching right now, um, like Joey said, to open up your hearts. This, this is time to become transparent and vulnerable with God and not be afraid of our past. Our past has made us who we are and it's a part of our story and God is is working in us and working through us um, not to help us um, only but to help others as well hi this is ramon bordius with the sower ministry i've got a place for you to surf but it's not a beach it's www.jesusthesower.com there you will find testimonies of people giving their witness to Jesus Christ. You'll hear awesome preachings. You'll be able to submit prayer requests. You can get events that the Sower and El Sembrador will be doing. But most of all, you can start on your path to reconnect with your Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Remember www.jesusthesower.com. God bless you. Hello, everybody. My name is Rosa Peñate, and I'm leadership of the Sower Los Angeles Ministry. And I'm here to invite you and remind you that our encounter nights still continue, even though we're not meeting in person. So you can find us every Thursday at 7.30 live on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel at 7.30 for Sower LA virtual encounter nights. Like always, we have the divine mercy. We have praise and worship, amazing preaching. Glorification of God is man alive and the best part virtual altar call where all of you guys get to share your prayer requests with us while we pray with you and pray for you along with deacon doug the healing presence of god and all of our team members visit us at facebook.com backslash and give us a thumbs up and youtube.com backslash the ministry and subscribe